this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Bless you. Merry Christmas. Glad to see you here today. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Our ushers will get you one. If you're a first-time guest, we really welcome you here. Glad you're here. I believe today is going to be very, very significant to you and the lives of your family members. So once you go to Bible, go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 1. If you need a Bible, get your hand up real quick. Matthew chapter 1. Now, in John 21, John he, or Jesus told Peter, feed my sheep. And so today we're going to give you some sheep food, the Word of God, all right? Going to speak the things of God into your life. And I'm telling you, today is going to be a good day. Begin with me, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother, Mary, was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. Then her husband, Joseph, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now the name of Jesus right here, it means Yahweh is salvation. So when I read this, when we celebrate Christmas, actually we're celebrating the salvation that Jesus brings each one of us, okay? But not only that, look at the last part of verse 21. For he will save his people from their sins. I don't know about you, but that's really good news to me. I thank God that God sent someone that would save me from my sins. Because you know what? I've got a bunch of sin. And I had a bunch of sin that needed to be forgiven of and so Thank God. If we don't celebrate Christmas for any other reason than this, this is a great one. Verse 22. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, And he took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, this is the the, the story of the birth of Jesus, what we celebrate Christmas for. And throughout this morning, guys, you're going to hear me refer to this, that Jesus is the greatest gift we can receive, and Jesus is the greatest gift we can give. Is Christmas about gifts? Absolutely, the gift of salvation, the gift of Jesus. Now go with me to the book of Joshua, chapter number 2. Joshua, chapter 2, and as you're turning there, because of Jesus in your life and my life, our lives are forever changed. But I believe now that Jesus is wanting us to turn and help other people and lead them to Jesus, give them an opportunity to receive Jesus just as we have. Now, we're going to Joshua 2. To give you a little bit of insight of where I'm going, back in the book of Exodus, the Israelites had been in bondage to the Egyptians for over 400 years. So God raises up a man named Moses 
And he said, I want to lead my people right out of here, okay? So you remember the story that Moses told the Pharaoh, let my people go, and they wouldn't go. So he started telling him about these plagues that would come. There were ten different plagues. The tenth plague was that of the spirit of death. And Moses was told by God, he said, now, the only way they'll be saved from the spirit of death is to take a, a lamb and sacrifice him and bring his blood and put it over your doorpost. If there's blood on your doorpost and you're within that house, the spirit of death will pass over you, okay? I want you to keep that thought right there, the significance of the blood, even there with the Passover, okay? We'll get to that in a minute. Just going to set the table a little bit. Joshua chapter 2, verse number 1. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Micaiah Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. Now this was somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 years since they left Israel. Remember, they wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab, and they lodged there. Now, it wasn't coincidental that they ended up showing out at a harlot's house. The reason they went to this house was it, it was the perfect place to go for them because they wouldn't be noticed. You know why? Because people, men, were coming and going from there all the time. And it's not coincidental that God would use someone like a harlot in this situation. Okay? Just setting the table a little bit. Verse 2. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Then the woman took the two men and hid them. So she said to the king, Yes, or true, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. And it happened as the gate was being shut when it was dark that the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in the order on the roof. Then the, men pursued, then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, to the fords, and as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land that the terror of you has fallen on us, and all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. Now, with what Rahab the harlot says to these two spies was exactly what they wanted to hear. This is what they would take back to Joshua and say, you know what? We got them right where we want them. They're faint-hearted because of They're afraid of this. So Rahab, she conveys to them, the, the condition of, of Jericho, of the nation. They're in bad shape because of the Israelites. Verse 10. For we have heard, the people of Jericho, how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and when you, what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. Now this was over 40 years ago. But Rahab knew what was happening, and she said, We know what happened with the Red Sea. Verse 11. 
And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now it's very clear, very evident right here, that this woman, Rahab, a harlot, her faith was in Yahweh. Her faith was in Jehovah. The one person in all of Jericho believed. Now somewhere along the way, the God of Israel became the God of this prostitute. It's good news, guys. You may not look at it this way, but this is good news. That if God would save some woman like this, He wants to save every one of us. God was not against this woman who was not a Jew receiving him. Really, really good news for me and you this morning. Verse 12. Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token or a true pledge. You know what she's doing right here, guys? She's asking for mercy. Verse 13, and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sister, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. Now right here, Rahab is not just speaking for mercy for her. She's asking for mercy for her whole family. This is where we jump into what I said earlier. The greatest gift that me and you can receive is Jesus. But the greatest gift we can give is also Jesus. So right here, this woman was concerned for her family. Now as you look at this, you begin to see that if we begin to have a concern for only our own family, what will God do? Will He change some things with us? Well, let's keep reading. Verse 14. So the men answered her, Our lies for you. If none of you tells this business was ours, it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that it will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the city wall, and she dwelt on the wall. Now when we read about the wall of Jericho, that wall, guys, wasn't 12 inches thick. In some places... It was 12 foot thick. And so people would literally build their homes in the side of this wall. And for protection, some of the only way they could enter and exit the house would be through a window and a rope. So this is what's taking place here. Verse number 14 or 16. And she said to them, Get to the mountains, lest the pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterward, you may go your way. So the men said to her, Will we be blameless of this oath of yours which you have made us swear, unless when we come unto the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your family's household to your own home. So listen. The answer and the key to everything in Rahab's life 
was this scarlet cord. This was it, guys. This was her identification. Nothing else. The redemptive power of Jesus. Now, I want you to think just for a second. When the Israelites were going to get protected from the spirit of death, what did they have to come under? The blood. This was the same for Rahab and her family. As long as this scarlet cord was there, she would be protected. Now this just shows us something here. That mercy and grace always go over the law. And when you come under the blood, you come under mercy and grace. No matter what your past was, no matter how much sin you've been in your whole life, if you will come under the blood, it will not only infect, affect and influence your life, but also your family members. Keep reading with me. He said there at the end that you, you, you come under your house. Verse 19. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head, and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on the head if a hand is laid on them. Now once again, if you'll notice, not only did they have to come under that scarlet cord, they had to be in that house. That one house, okay? Verse 20. And if you tell this business of ours, then we'll be free from your oath which you made us swear. Then she said... According to your word, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet cord in the window. Now, the word bound there means she tied it. She tied this scarlet cord to her window. And Rahab knew this, guys, that if that scarlet cord wasn't there, that blood, her and all her family, would be destroyed. So once again... The key was this scarlet cord. For each one of this, guys, we've got to understand, when you read there, she bound or she tied the cord. You know what that means? She did something. She got busy. She got involved. She didn't just sit back and say, oh, I hope things will happen. No, she bound that cord in that window. Now, this Christmas season, how can we get busy? How can we do something? I believe, guys, if we'll start praying for our family members and not only praying for them, I, I specifically ask you to begin to call them by name. Begin to say, Father God, I thank you that, that Teddy or Charlie or Ruby or, or whatever their name is, they're born again, they're saved. But not only that, you begin to bind their name to the blood of Jesus. You begin to speak their name in line with the blood of Jesus. Now, it said she bound that cord in the window. She knew the only hope they had was that scarlet cord. Think about this just for a little bit. I believe every day the first thing when she did when she got up was she made sure that scarlet cord was in the window. And every day at lunch... When she walked by, she made sure that scarlet cord was in the window. And before she went to bed, she made sure that scarlet cord was in the window. You know why? Because that was the only thing that would save her and her family's life. So you know what it tells me? 
she got involved. And I believe she became very protective of what went in and out of her house. She began to guard her home. I begin to believe she told her children, don't play around that scarlet cord. Be very careful with that. Because the disciples, or not the disciples, but the spies, they never told her when they were coming back. That's the same with me and you with Jesus, guys. Jesus is coming back. And the thing that will mark every one of us is the blood of Jesus. Is the blood of Jesus. So just thinking about this here just for a second. Guard your home. On a daily basis, speak the blood over your own life. Bind yourself to the blood, but also be protective of what you're allowing in and out of your home. Begin to welcome the things of God unlike any other time. Keep reading here with me. Then they departed and went to the mountains, and they stayed there three days until the pursuers returned. And the pursuers sought them all along the way, but they did not find them. So the, the, the spies get out of there. Now to pick up this, where, where we're going with it, go over a couple pages to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. I put this around me earlier in the service because I said I never graduated with honors from school, so I thought, well, this is about as close as I can get right here. But to be honest with you, I'd rather be draped with the blood of Jesus than earthly things anyhow. Joshua 6, verse 17. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction. It and all who are in it. Now I read that just as a warning to every one of us, guys. You know, we've, we've all heard throughout our lifetime, well, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back soon. And many times we've, we've kind of mocked that and said, I've heard that my whole life. Well, Jesus over and over the New Testament would say, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Because he said the return of the Son will be as a thief in the night. And I believe right here, when it talks about that, the city, all and it who are in it will be destroyed. If they don't come under the blood. Keep reading there in verse 17. Only Rahab the harlot shall live. She and all who are with her in the house. Because she hid the messengers that we sent. Same chapter, verse 22. But Joshua had said to the two men who had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house, and from there bring out the woman and all that she has as you swore to her. And the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, and all that she had. So they brought out all her relatives and left them outside the camp of Israel. But they burned the city and all that was in it with fire, only the silver and the gold, the vessels of bronze and iron, they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua spared Rahab the harlot, her father's household, and all that she had. She still dwells in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers from Joshua and she sent out to spy out Jericho. Now I read that and I say this. The greatest gift we can receive is Jesus' is salvation. 
the greatest gift we can give is salvation. And when I read this passage, if you were to go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, it says specifically, the harlot Rahab did not perish. Hebrews eleven thirty one. Now, if you were ever to study the book of Hebrews 11, it's known as the Faith Hall of Fame. All the patriarchs in the Bible are found there. And isn't it interesting that this harlot named Rahab finds her way into the Faith Hall of Fame? Now, you know what this shows me right here? And this ought to be good news to every one of us in here. She didn't let her past curse her. She didn't let her past stop her. She didn't let her past limit her. You know what that tells me and you? I don't care what you've done in life. If you'll come under the blood of Jesus, He'll use you not just to save you, but your entire family, your entire home. This woman Rahab's name is mentioned eight times in the Bible. Six of the eight times, you know what it says specifically? It refers to her as Rahab the harlot. Now think about that, guys. That's someone that's gotten into some sin big time. But yet God wasn't moved by her and God's not moved by you because why? The blood of Jesus will not only save us, the blood of Jesus will cleanse us. It'll set us free. Now go back to the book of Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. And as I looked at all this, I thought, won't it be interesting when we get to heaven to see how many people are directly in heaven because of what this one woman did. This one woman would pray. This one woman knew if I would just get under the scarlet cord, if I would just get under the blood, it would change my life and change my family's members for eternity. Not just for a week, for eternity. Let the word eternity just soak in with you just a little bit. Let me ask you this morning. Do you know where you'll spend eternity at? Do you have family members that right now, if they were to die, where would they spend eternity at? Now, here we are in Matthew 1 where we started. I want you to start with me, and let's read starting in Matthew 1, verse 1. The book of the genealogy or the family tree of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob. And Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Now, a lot of times when I read all these begots, I get begot tired real quick. But there's purpose in reading this. Just hang in here with me. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron and Hezron begot Ram. And Ram begot Abinadab and Abinadab begot Nashon. And Nashon begot Salmon. And Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. And Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz begot Obed by Ruth, and Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot King David. Now, you know what's interesting to me right here? Is this same Rahab, the, the, the prostitute, the harlot, she's found in the very bloodline of Jesus Christ. 
Actually, she's the great, 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 great. I don't know how many generations there was. I believe it was 14. Grandmother of Jesus. But she is the great, great grandmother of King David. And you know what I saw there? I thought, if God would use a harlot, he's not opposed to using you or me. If God would use one woman that believed in him and saved her, he'll use you and me, not only for me to go to heaven, but to influence my whole entire family. And I look and I think, this coming week, every one of us in here are going to give Christmas gifts and probably receive something for Christmas. But the greatest gift we could give or receive is Jesus. So what does that mean to us, Pastor? I believe this right now. That God wants every one of us in this room to come under the blood. That means you've got to receive Jesus as Lord in your life. But He also wants us to begin to pray and to bind our family members to the blood of the Lamb. Now I'm talking about this right now, this Sunday here before Christmas, because I believe something significant is going to be birthed in your lives. But also, two weeks from today, we will start our fast, our church fast. Something happens, guys, when we fast and pray. Actually, in Matthew 6, Jesus himself said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. What would happen if we begin to fast and pray for our family members to get saved? How many of you got some family members that need to be saved? Guys, I got a bunch of them. I got a cousin that I dearly, dearly love right now. He's, he's on a federal prison in Oklahoma. And man, we have been standing and praying for him. And so I've been binding his name. How does that look? I just begin to say, Father God, I thank you that Derek Swan's name is bound to the blood of Jesus. And I'm beginning to pray with faith. And I thank you, just as Rahab stood for her family, what am I going to do about my family? I want all my family to go to... You know, the older I get... That's my biggest concern. My biggest concern in that I buy my kids a bunch of toys or gift cards for Christmas. My biggest concern is where will they spend eternity at? Now, I don't want you just to leave today with this as well. This is just a little Merry Christmas service. In these basket, guys, we've cut a bunch of little red cords. And the reason we've done this is I want you to make this a, a memory for you. Whether you tie it around your wrist, whether you use it as a bookmark, whether you tie it around the mirror of your car. Some of you may want to piece, take a piece of tape and tape it to your mirror while you're getting ready. And, and tomorrow, the next day, when you're at that traffic light doing nothing, but changing your radio station or picking your nose. Just look at this. And every time I look at it, let it be a reminder. And I begin to say, oh, thank you, Father God. I bind my son and my daughter to the blood. I bind my life to the blood. And this is where we're going with this. This is why I said it would be very significant. And some of you would say, I don't know that God would do that for me. Time out. That's why we talked about Rahab. 
She wasn't a perfect person. But oh, something happened when she came under the blood. And she knew this. All I got to do is stay under the blood. I got to stay under the blood. I got to stay under the blood. And it's the same for us. And I'm not here to try to scare the hell out of you. H-E-L-L. Don't lose your salvation over that, okay? That's not my goal. But I do understand this, the reality of the Bible. People can mock it, and never in the history of America have we seen the name of Jesus mocked as we are right now. They can mock it all they want. History repeats itself. Just as God promised to destroy Jericho, and it happened, that day's going to come again. And I understand this. First of all, I've got to come under the blood. Woo, I rejoice that I can come under the blood. Thank you, Father God, for your son's blood. I ask you to do that today, first of all, for you. Get right with God. Say, Father God, come into my heart. Lord Jesus, will you save me? And you know what? He'll save you. That's why I read the story of Rahab. If he would save a, a woman like that, what about you and me? He loves people. God didn't frown about that. God rejoiced. But here's what I want you to do today. As our praise and worship team sings here, I welcome you down here to the altar. And maybe you need to get a, a, a cord, a scarlet cord today for you. And say, Father God, I come back under the blood. I come under the blood. I receive you this Christmas season. And then I want you to take one. And begin to bind your family to it. And it may be a step of faith. A lot of times when you begin to pray for people, it's a step of faith. Don't be moved by what you see. Just be moved by the blood, by the blood, and say, Father God, they're coming under the blood. They're coming under the blood. And so as they, as, as they play, I welcome you out of your seat. Come and get these. And some of you may need to get more than one. Some of you may time around your wrist, your ankles, your ears. Some of you really, really need to come under the blood. All of us do. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.